We all want to feel like we belong, but sometimes it's challenging to find connection in our living spaces, neighborhoods, communities, and relationships. On Home Where You Belong, we're here to change that. Hear stories of people from different backgrounds and from different places and how they've been able to feel more at home to help give you a renewed sense of connection, belonging, and optimism. Welcome to Home Where You Belong with your host, Chip Alford. When things are in order, you can relax and you don't have that anxiety. So it gives you a feeling of well-being. And it's also part of self-care. You know, it's our living space. So it's very empowering to know where things are. And at least you're on top of it. It being all your belongings. Where's your stuff? How do you find it? Feeling a little stressed about an upcoming move to a new home? Maybe one located in a new town or state? Maybe even another country? I feel your pain. Moving is a stressful and sometimes overwhelming experience. That's why I invited Nicole Gabay to join us as today's guest. Author of the best-selling book, The Art of Organizing, An Artful Guide to an Organized Life, Nicole is a professional organizer with more than two decades of experience. She's worked with a diverse clientele, including parents, small business owners, educators, legal and medical professionals, artists, and entertainment industry insiders. Her bio says one of the things she likes most is creating order out of chaos. So who better to share some tips on how to make moving easier? Well, Nicole, welcome to Home Where You Belong. I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you say you really enjoy creating order out of chaos. I'm thankful there's people like you, but where do you think that desire came from? And um, How's that worked out for you? Well, I have to say, I didn't start out being organized as far as my mom. My mom was very disorganized. We could never find anything at home. I remember being like, okay, I need scotch tape. And then searching all over the place, could never find it in the same spot. But something (laughs) in me would say, okay, if I find the tape, I will put it here and I will always know it's here. (laughs) So there was some sort of instinct for order. But honestly, I think... Most children I have worked with are gravitating towards that. You know, they have preschool, kindergarten, things are really orderly. They have a section for each thing they do, the napping, the treats, you know, their blanket, things like that. So it, it, we are all introduced to it early, but I think it matters too if you learn it at home. So I think for me, um, I went to a Montessori school when I was in kindergarten And there they have very orderly sectioned off parts of the room. So I think that definitely influenced also my desire. And I, we had a nanny, thankfully, who kept things in order at my house. So I could see what order looked like. I just didn't know how she got there. (laughs) (laughs) There's some some steps involved in that process. In between, right. So really for me, it was an organic learning process. A lot of it came through different jobs and um, where I worked, where Mm -hmm. I learned systems, because that is, for me, the foundation for organizing. You have to have a system. You've created your own unique, I believe it's a six-part system we'll talk a little bit about. And I want to talk to you specifically as that kind of relates or how you use that related to moving. 
you just mentioned your previous work earlier. Let's let's just talk about that for a moment. I noticed sure. in your bio that you you spent a decade in television production, yes. which I think is really interesting. Working at places like MTV, Nickelodeon, and the Orla Orlando Film Commission. Tell me a little bit about that, and then kind of how you made the transition to what you're doing now. Basically, it kind of all started back in college where I studied textile design and fine art. And I happened to take an elective that was a TV production class. And that was it. It was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so I worked a little in textile design. And then my dream was to work at MTV. So I got there. All these kids had gone to schools that taught them journalism, television production, and I didn't. So I learned everything trial by fire. Oh, wow. But what that did for me was it helped me learn systems. So I learned corporate systems. I could see them all around me. It was very organized and I had to adapt it for me to survive my job. <laughs> and where I started with stacks and piles of papers, pens I could never find. <laughs> I had no folders and files. And little by little, I started to learn, wow, I can actually order file folders and make a system that made sense. And I learned that it made sense to everyone in my department. So I was like, hmm, okay, I guess I'm pretty okay at this. So I worked in that field for 10 years. I was also um, a Nickelodeon. I worked on the production floor. I was a production manager. But all the while, I was learning systems and okay. systems that were adapted for different scenarios. So whether we were doing live action TV or if I was doing marketing of, of a TV show for distribution in South America, there's a system to everything. So sure. that was kind of my introduction. And then I worked at a commercial production company in New York. And when I would, I was behind the scenes, I would organize the castings and we would go to the ad agency and set up all the, you know, back of the house, if you will, all the scripts and the cameras and set everything up and the people at the agency would say oh are you here for the audition and I would be like oh no I work back there and it happened so frequently after a while they would ask me that like every week and then it was like a few times a week and I finally said to my boss listen this has been a little secret dream of mine forever to be an actress and a model I think I want to try this wow and yeah and she was amazing. She was great. And she said, okay, we'll help you get an agent. Um, we have fabulous art directors and photographers here. They can help you with headshots. And that was it. And I left my job, but then I was like, oh my God, I need to pay the rent. How am I going to make <laughs> money? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, most of the people I was meeting who were actors and models in New York work at restaurants. And, okay. but that's a nighttime job Mo for the most part, because in the day you have to be auditioning and taking classes and all that. Sure. There's, a, there's actually a joke in New York when you say, oh, I'm an actor. They say, oh, that's nice. What restaurant do you work at? <laughs> <laughs> What's your real job? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, and being a model, you kind of have to be bright eyed and bushy tailed from, you know, start in the morning at eight o'clock. Sure. So that wasn't going to be my thing. And bartending, I was like, I need my sleep. So I started thinking, well, what can I do as a day job? And suddenly I realized I had learned all this stuff when I was working in the corporate world. And I had a couple friends that I knew. And I said, you know, let me organize your office. You know, it might help. 
And they were like, yeah, that'd be great. How are you going <laughs> to do this? And I did it. And I created the file systems and the names and everything was for retrieval. And it was very orderly. And they would, both of my friends were like, wow, this is amazing. And they were like, you know, a lot of people could use this. And I was like, really? And this was back in 1999. So okay. it was very new. There was people did not know what a professional organizer was. So I kind of cobbled together my business and, you know, I had a cousin that was a businessman. So he kind of explained, okay, you need to do your, you know, your intake forms and then you start the, your process and you, you know, that's how you get the business going. And then I had heard about this one woman, Julie Morgenstern, who's very famous in our industry. She was kind of like one of the first gurus and she was coming to speak at a uh, program in New York. Um, they do like workshops and stuff at different places. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go see what she has to say. Sure. And I walked in and the room was packed. There had to be 60 or 80 people coming to listen to her. Wow. And I was like, wow, this is like a thing. And then <laughs> she had a table on the side with her assistants and they were booking the consultations with Julie. And I had my cousin call and say, hey, you know, act like you're going to be a client. Ask them what's it, what it costs. And this is in 1999, it cost $500 to have a consult wow. with her. So I was like, wow, in my mind, I'm like, this is a thing. This is a business. Yeah. People need this. People are so thirsty for this information. So that was it. I kind of started my little hook, I guess, was I lived in New York on the Upper East Side. My cousin went to a private school and I did, um, I did gift certificates at the silent auctions. And that's oh, cool. how it started. Then it was word of mouth. And I started meeting these amazing clients and they would, one woman said, okay, can, now can you help my children? And then it was, can you help my mother-in-law? And, and it sort of just branched out from there. Wow. Well, yeah. So that all kind of makes sense though, the thread that comes together, you learn systems yeah. and how to apply that. But, but I have to ask, are you still acting? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, um, but I'm transitioning the my craft and into a different format, I guess, okay. um, because over the years I've done a lot of commercial work um, as a model as well. I did a lot of commercial work in New York and Boston, Miami, but now I really am enjoying last week. I was on uh, a local uh, network television station Boston 25, and they did a feature on organizing dorm rooms. So oh, that's a I timely love, topic. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it was just a natural. It was like using my skills that I know in both areas, organizing and on camera. Let's get into moving though a little bit. I want to, well, mm -hmm. actually, no, let's, let's start with your system that you kind of created. Tell us a little bit about your six part system that you kind of okay. use to help people get organized, whether they're moving or not. Yeah, so I'll, I can um, transition that to the moving part when we get there sure. as far as like how it adapts really to anything. But okay. the, the basic premise is there's a few principles that are extremely important. The first one I call sectional organizing. And the reason for that is depending on the room, the house, the apartment, a dorm, whatever space you're going to work in, you start with a room and you think about what each activity that you want to do, what are you going to do in that room? Each part of the room gets divided into sections. Okay. So this is going to be my reading chair and reading section. That's going to be my desk and work and office section. That's going to be the clothing closet section, the sleeping 
section. So each room has a numerous, usually several different activities in one room. So it sounds um, like fun- functional, right? What are you going to be doing in that space, I guess? Yes, but it also yeah. helps to divide up your belongings, your stuff, because if you have all your stuff all over the room, well, that's how you got in the predicament to begin with. <laughs> so, so once you divide up your sections, now it's like, okay, that's going to be my reading section. Okay. Books, magazines. I need a little bookcase over here. I need a magazine holder. So you have all the tools you need to organize that section because each okay. section is going to require different tools and different um, organizing uh, containers. Okay. And, that containerizing, what we call it, is the last thing we do. First, we have to see what are we doing in that space. Okay. And then we think about, okay, what kind of products can I find? Because we can find anything now in the world. What kind of products would I need to use this space efficiently? Okay. So dividing into sections is key. The next thing you do is what I call zones. There are other organizers that use that term in different ways. The way I like to use it is by prioritizing those belongings. So let's say you're at your desk and it's your office space. You can't have everything around you all at once. So by prioritizing zones, that's how you decide where things go. Zone one items are the things you need at your fingertips. You need your zone ones right there, but not mixed in with zone fours. You gotta have (laughs) zone one only right there. Zone two might be a little further off. Maybe it's in a bookcase behind you. Zone three might be in a closet in that room if it has a closet or a further away bookcase. And zone four might be those files you don't use currently. In fact, you really don't use them at all, but you need them for reference in the future. Could be in a separate room, a basement, an attic, et cetera. If you had to have a zone five, which I rarely (laughs) recommend, okay, you might have something in your basement or attic or in a storage room. Storage. Yeah. Yeah, But I really don't support storage units because if it's in that storage unit, why are you keeping it? What are you using it for? Right. If you're not using it, why are you having it? Then that next thing we do is once we figure out the zones, what are the storage solutions? So that's kind of the last thing we look at. I have many clients, I'd walk in their home or office and they'd say, oh my God, I bought all the best organizing stuff. (laughs) I was a container store for hours. I got great stuff. I spent a ton of money. Why can't I get organized? (laughs) Because really you want to do that last. So once you have your space, be it the home office or any office where you're working, you know, you want a file cabinet. Do you need one drawer or two? Do you need four? Do you need, you definitely need um, some incline file holders on your desk. That's your zone one, the fingertip files. So now you know you need an incline file holder. And then you start looking at, you know, you need your pen holder. It needs to be a good convenient one. Not like a plastic cup where when you reach in and it'll tip over. <laughs> you know, it has to be a nice- Can't really cup. tell what you have in there, yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm always all about like, if the pen is run out of ink, throw it out. Yep. You don't want to reach for that pen that ran out of ink. That yeah. is just- there's no use for that. Yeah. So I test the pens, you know, pretty frequently and just make sure the good ones are here. And, you know, all the items you're going to need on your desk. So you think about, okay, what else do I need to have a container for here? Oh, in my drawer for my, you know, office uh, supplies, let's say, I'm going to also prioritize. Zone one items are in my drawer, but I get drawer dividers and little organizing trays and make sure 
that everything is laid out in that way. Otherwise you get a, you get a junk door, right? Where you start getting stuff in there and you can't, you talked about I, how many people have spent, you know, 20 minutes looking for the scotch tape because they can't remember which drawer or cabinet they put it in. Right. But yeah. I'm, so if you have I'm that, all about wondering why do you have it if it's junk? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, really good point. Yeah. Any, any other thing about the, the, the six part system before we kind of move into moving? Yes. Yeah, so um, those are the three main ones. I just want to cover the other three. Sure. I divided it into primary colors. I kind of likened it to the um, color wheel because I'm an artist also. So primary color, secondary color. So the, the red, yellow, blue were representing those first three principles. The next three principles are orange, green, purple. So for the next principle is called information management. And that I work with people basically on understanding how they think and finding solutions that make sense to that person. So that's all about how we manage time, how we manage, really how we manage our time and our space and finding the right tools. Like we were just saying for the desk or for the, whatever it is, your bedroom, your nightstand, your kitchen, your bathrooms, whatever it is. And then, um, the last thing we do is what I call back to one. And that's from my production days. <laughs> so when I was on the set and we were doing all the live action shows at Nickelodeon, you'd have this elaborate set created and um, everyone in positions of, you know, creating the show would have had a meeting about it. The lighting guy, the art department, the producer, the director, the stage manager, everyone would have agreed that this pen cup goes here. The lamp goes over there. The chair sits here. The notebooks are there, etc. Everything in the room was carefully selected. Lighting was lit properly. Sound was measured. All this stuff. And that's called back to one. So now you bring in your actors and you do your, your scene and everyone's moving and talking and they're doing all this stuff. Oh, there was an airplane that went by. Cut. Okay. Everybody back to one. And every one of those people that knew where everything goes comes right into the scene, puts it back exactly as everyone had agreed. So I call that back to one in our own homes or offices. And that is the orientation of the room that you chose, that you love the way it sits and looks now. Then you're going to work. You're going to get busy. You're going to work in the kitchen and your bedroom, whatever you're going to do, you're going to live. But you always know where back to one is. And where, that's, where things fit, where they belong, right? That's right. Where you have already created your baseline. Okay. So those are my sense. six principles. Well, I can definitely see how this relates to moving because I guess, first of all, if you were doing this, it's going to make moving a lot easier because you have things better organized, right? But yes. let's talk a little bit about moving. I'm getting ready to move downsides quite a bit, mm -hmm. um, which I'm looking forward to actually. Yeah. But it can be a really stressful experience for me. You know, I thought I had everything organized and then right in the middle of the process, I injured my, um, or I ruptured my Achilles tendon playing pickleball of all things. So that threw a wrench in the thing that I was recovering. Oh, yeah. I was, you know, not mobile. And so those kind of things happen, right? So you have yes, to be prepared no, for that. But in general, what, why do you think moving is such a chaotic experience or stressful thing for, for so many people? I think there's a numerous reasons. One is you're about to embark on the unknown. You know, are you going to like your new space, your new home, apartment? 
Is it going to be comfortable? Will you like your neighbors? (laughs) Is the street quiet? Is it noisy? Like you don't know a lot of pieces of what you're going to go to. And we are as humans, we're, you know, a little afraid of the unknown. And that causes anxiety because you can only predetermine so much. And then the rest is, what is it going to be like when I wake up? What's it like when I'm resting at home in the afternoon or whatever? So I think that's part of it. I think there's also a lot to be said for putting your belongings in a cardboard box, sealing that thing up. It's like confining, constricting our little personal favorite things. Will I find it again? Is it going into an abyss that I'll never see again? And it's sentimental. Therefore, you wanted to look at it. And now you can't see it anymore. It's in a box. So there's it's a lot. Stressful. stressful. It's yeah. stressful. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just taking the free flow that you live in your current space and just putting it in little boxes. And life is still happening, right? I mean, you, you may be still... You know, Everything. fortunately, I was I'm retired, so I have a little more you know time in my hands. But yeah. I, I think about moms and dads with kids and schools and oh, work life, and everything going on. on, and then yeah. you have to do those moving tasks on top of that. So yes, um, I'm a That's big supporter a of, of getting help if you can. So for from people like you, what are some common mistakes though that people do make when they're either getting ready or or, or making a move? Okay, so I have my kind of top five. Okay. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is number every single box. Do not let one go out of your sight without a number, or you may not ever see that stuff again. So my plan is you number the top, but you number all four sides, because when you get to your destination, most likely there'll be some stacks of boxes. You don't want to be looking at this like endless brown color of corrugation. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what number is where. Depending the on tower of the unknown contents. No, right? Yeah, yeah that, we've all faced that. So stressful. <laughs> so I put a number on all four sides. Um, the next thing I also do on the top of the box is put the destination. People don't do that. Or if you hire a mover, sometimes they have a teeny tiny little piece of tape they'll put on there. And that's supposed to be mean master bedroom. Well, on move day, these movers move so fast. You can't believe how fast they move. They don't have time to say, ma'am, where do you want this where, box? Where does it, where does this go? Yeah. So you're saying when you say location, you mean like kitchen, bed, yes. master bedroom, bathroom, whatever. 100%. So they know exactly where to take it. Exactly. And okay. then you, before you get to move day, put a piece of paper, you know, eight and a half by 11 with large letters, tape it with painter's tape to the outside of that room and indicate this is master bedroom. This is office. This is kitchen. (laughs) This is bathroom one. Here's bathroom two. So the movers know where to go. And that's key because then they'll, they'll get lost. Where was your kitchen? Where was that room again? Where's that other bathroom? Oh, I don't know. Is this the master or which one? Yeah, exactly. How do I know which is the master or the guest room? You know, if you're a mover, you don't know. So label each room for the destination and each box. And that is right there. That takes a lot of the guesswork out of move day. The next thing that I am a huge fan of, and I do it every time for my clients and myself, is an inventory sheet. So 
you now you've got box one, you may have 80 boxes, you might have 200 boxes, doesn't matter, keep an inventory sheet. So now you're going to say box one, um, that has the lamps, the iron, and some toiletries, just so are you usually writing that down as you fill that box? So yes. like, yes. so you have that sheet handy and now you're like loading kitchen items. So you said you put on this box, inventory list, glasses, silverware, yes. whatever, that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Because many times when you get to the destination, first of all, that day you're exhausted. There's nothing you're going to do when you get there. Maybe even the next day you're exhausted, but you need to find your silverware. Well, you've got your inventory sheet. Now, you know, it's in box number eight. Go to box number eight. All you need is a fork and a knife. You don't have to worry about unpacking 30 kitchen boxes. It makes your life easier. Absolutely. I, I was fortunate. I worked in, in the corporate world for quite a while and, and several of my moves were related to were job related and they had a moving uh, company and moving professionals, people like you that helped us with the move. And we did, we did have inventory sheets and things like that. But recently, and I retired, I didn't have that service anymore. And I thought, oh, I could do this on my own. Didn't do the inventory sheet thing. And it's it took me a lot longer to get unpacked and organized because I kept saying, now, which box is this I in? And I did put the like kitchen, bedroom. So at least the boxes were in the right area. But mm -hmm. that's helpful, know what but... if you need if you need a glass right away, like you say, you don't want to look through five boxes trying to find it. No. And if you need something key, like your iron. Well, <laughs> that's a key piece of information. You kind of want to know, you know, there are certain things that are like, I'm going to need X, Y, or Z. I'm going to need that lamp. I'm going to need those sheets. I'm going to need that pillow, not all the other pillows. I just need my one favorite. So you okay. want to know where those are at your fingertips. Now, yes, it takes longer on the front end. Okay. But on the back end where you're living the rest of your life, it will make your life so much easier. And you have a record. So like if, you know, something was missing or, yeah. you you know, a box didn't show up, you know, yeah. you know, you packed that because you wrote it down and you, you know what was in there. Exactly. And then it also helps you once again with the zones, prioritize what you're going to open up. You may have boxes 26, 58 and 72. Those have like your journals and photo albums from college. You don't need to open that now. So how nice you put it where you can put a few extra boxes and you know, it's there, you know how to get to it if you wanted it, but you don't need to have that unpacked right away in your living room. So the it helps, inventory helps you, helps you prioritize what, which boxes to focus on first, because you know what you're going to need yes. more quickly, right? Exactly. And that's so important on the back end. So yeah, it takes a little more time on the front end, but you will be so happy you have it. I get myself a clipboard, get my sheets and write it down. You mentioned something about the professional companies that do this. However, they do it for their purposes, like you said, for insurance reasons. Sure. However, it's not that valuable to you because it's so scribbly. It's in teeny weeny little line spaces. I don't even know how they fit them in the lines. And you really don't even know what they thought was significant. They might put in there that, you know, that's the Tiffany lamp. And you're like, well, I don't want that right now. I just need my desk lamp. So they're not they're not aware of what's the most important things to you. So in that scenario though, and sometimes if you pick a really, I guess a really good moving company, they will allow you the time. And I've instructed them from the beginning, I'm a professional organizer. I'd like you to not seal each box. Just take a piece of paper, scribble four things for me that's in there, leave it on top. I'll do it the rest. Okay. So in any Having way- that have that understanding up front. 
Yes, exactly. Say, this is how you want the move to go. You know, depending on what your budget is, it might take longer for you or for them. And they'll charge you if it's them, you know? Sure. sure. Yeah. And the last thing that I always recommend, it's called a first night box. Have you heard of that? First night. Oh, well, you're going to need the first night you're there, right? Like, exactly. Well, tell us what kinds of things might be in that, for example. So, depending on what your bed layout is, you want to, and I don't know if people have these all the time nowadays, but when I had one, when the movers are there, they're doing the heavy lifting. The box, the the frame of your mattress, it's heavy. So is the mattress. You don't <laughs> want to be stuck there by yourself the next day. And now I can't get my dust ruffle or whatever they call that thing that goes <laughs> under the mattress. You yeah. can't do it by yourself. So if you put that in your first night box. So they okay. can do that when they're standing there. Then you put all the things you're going to need, the sheets to make the bed, the mattress pad, your favorite comforter, whatever you need to sleep comfortably night number one. And put a little lamp in there because chances are all you're going to have is a light on the top of the ceiling and you're getting ready for bed. You just want a little night lamp. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, where put your toothbrush or toiletries Maybe you keep those with you in a little suitcase anyway, just so you know where that is. But any of those types of items, that's what you put in the first night box. Your favorite pillow, all the bedding, basically, that you're going to need. Your towel, make sure you take out one towel. You want to shower, you're not going to look for, where's my linen box? Been been there. Yeah, we've all been there. And suddenly you're opening 15 boxes. You're like, oh, I just And it's it's usually in the last one. Usually in the yes, last one you open. Exactly. Right? That's why it's like save yourself all that headache. Do an inventory sheet. You'll yeah. be so happy. So I'm I'm kind of hearing that. Yes. It, well, you said this. It does take more time on the front end, but it's mm-hmm. going to save you time when you get there. And it's going to make you feel a little more confident, I think, in the move because you know what's there and what's yeah. in what's in what's box. So definitely. Um well let's talk about just let let's pretend that I'm your client. Okay. And um, uh, I'm getting ready to move. I'm, I'm moving from uh, a fairly good size home down to a, mm-hmm. a smaller condo. I'm downsizing. Okay. Uh, what, what kind of services or kind of walk me through, what are some of the things you would ask me? What, what does the process look like when you're working with somebody on a move? Sure. So first it does depend on how many services they want to have me do, but the scope of what I would do is First of all, I would say, let's get a floor plan from your new destination, apartment, house, whatever it is. Let's look at the whole thing. We need measurements. Let's study that. So that's the first thing I want to have on hand. Then we start ordering supplies. We've got the boxes. We've got the moving tape, the packing paper. Um, it used to be I, back in the day, it depends on where you live and how it's organized now, but If you still have a newspaper, it used to be you could go to the printing presses where they print the paper and they would have what's called end rolls or they call them butt rolls and they were packing paper and they had no newsprint. So I was a a newspaper reporter for several years. So I used those in packing several times. Those were the best. And they gave them away. They were like, yeah, Yeah, take take them off. And then you'd have fabulous big rolls of paper. But either way, you got to have all your supplies, some bubble wrap, some paper, your packing tape gun. Do you have yes. one of those? Yes, I do. That's extremely important. It's you so helpful. Yeah, you can get the thing at CVS that's like a little handheld. For yeah. It'll yeah. slow you down. Yeah. 
So we get all the supplies going and now we start measuring. And then one of the most important things is planning ahead of time where your furniture is going to go. So start measuring that couch, the table. Oh, well, now I can't bring both tables. They won't fit. Okay, let's pick your favorite. And all the way through every room and really plan your, the furniture destinations, the full plan, because when those movers are there, you want to take advantage of their expertise and they've got the muscle. So sure. you want to be able to walk in there and say, sofa goes here, bed is there. That big lamp goes here. Oh, those book boxes, please don't leave them in the kitchen. Please bring them over <laughs> yeah. to, to the yeah. den or whatever. You know what I mean? Where you're going to put them. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to be able to have that planned because now with this plan, you know, I'm going to have two giant bookcases in my den. So you want those heavy book boxes right next to it. You know, you don't want to be dragging that from your bedroom over to that bookcase. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. So those things we start with, and then we start the packing as we were talking about with the inventory sheets and, and, you know, numbering every box. Um, I arrange for the pickups, whether it's donations. Um, if you need a, a dumpster, sometimes that's, you know, what that's called for. So you, you can rent dumpsters, you fill it. It's you rent it by the cubic foot or something like that. They're huge. And sometimes you need that because you have a lot of volume. That's a great service. I used that a couple of, couple of moves ago when I was downsizing then and realizing some of the stuff I'm not using. I took some stuff to Goodwill, but this person came in and took care of that kind of stuff for me and knew different places to donate it that could, could benefit from some different things. So exactly. that was a great service. And that helps for your organizer to know this organization takes everything, but this one only takes furniture. That exactly. one won't take the sofa if it has scuffs on it. So you kind of need to know the services in your area. So an organizer would do that. And then another thing that's a valuable service that an organizer can provide is dealing with, if you have specialty items for antique dealers, for um, auctioneers, for auction houses, um, and you don't necessarily have to bring the items there. So a professional organizer can photograph everything, keep a log, and then send all the photos to each antique dealer, auction house, whatever, and they will tell you what pieces they're interested in. And oh, then okay. if it merits another meeting or something, they'll take a closer look. But usually they know because if you're photographing the back or the front of a plate, they know. They can see the authenticity. They can see the value of it. And it gives you an idea. Another thing professional organizers will have in place is who comes in to do the whole uh, auction at your space, in your home, maybe once you leave. These are the items left over. They'll give you either a flat fee or they'll say, you know, 50-50 or some percentage dividing up their service with, you know, what you, what how much money you made on the wholesale of the, all the items. Sure, sure. Yeah. So an yeah. organizer would do all that. Okay. Oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> so then uh, my service is on the next side, which is move day. So I've done it where the homeowner is not even there. Because they don't have to be. I have the floor plan. I know where everything goes and I've got every box numbered. So I just stand there and I work with the movers. This goes here, there, you know, you tell them everything that needs to be done. Then they leave and I start opening boxes so I can do the unpack as well. One other okay. service that is, it, it's a fabulous 
investment and it's not that expensive is you can also ask the moving company before they leave to do an unpack for you. And that it's not that expensive compared to the rest of the move. It's like this one little service that is not a huge add-on. But the reason I love it, and at first it's overwhelming, but it's better, I think, than having stacks and piles of boxes, packing paper, all that mess. They take everything out, everything. And they'll put your belongings on any flat surface, which means including the floor, wherever they can. They'll but just at least, at least it's out of the box. You're right. I I've I haven't used that kind of service. I've I've used obviously yes. packing people who pack it, and that's wonderful. But um, yeah, because you do your your whatever room you're in gets start getting filled with boxes that you've opened and paper that you've unwrapped, and you have to go to the you know put it out in your trash bins or take it to recycling or whatever, right? So yes, um, that's a it's a that really would definitely. Nice be a great service. Yeah. Yeah. Mentioning that yeah. And don't worry that it's overwhelming. Like, Oh, now my, all my stuff's on the floor. It's better than having 50 boxes on the floor. It's it's going to be on the floor. Anyway, when you first take it out, you're probably not going to put it directly right in the place. Cause you're still kind of scoping things out, but you've done a lot of work with them on exactly. that probably to make that better. Exactly. Um, yep. That's a lot, a lot of, of different services that you provide that all sound helpful. But if there's like one or two things that of, of the stuff that we've talked about that people should really do, do you have one yeah. or two things you would give as your top tips? Yeah, that's a good question because there is a lot and it can be so overwhelming, but I would say I actually have top three. Okay. Key thing, number the boxes, the top and all four sides, have an inventory sheet. I know it sounds arduous and like, oh my God, what a pain. Ah, I don't need it. It will save you so much aggravation on the back end. And don't forget, the back end is the rest of your life. <laughs> it's yeah. not just next Tuesday. It's how you're going to live. I have inventory sheets from my move to this house that I've now had about seven years. I still use them. I still really? refer to it. I didn't unpack that box. Why? Oh, that's art supplies for this project that I'm not working on now. I don't need okay. it. So that the inventory sheets and putting the destination on the top of each box. Okay. Those three Th things will save you huge headaches. Those sounds like three great time savers too, right? Yeah, it's doable. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've kind of already answered this a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, what are the benefits of having a good system? Not just for, for organizing your house, mm -hmm. not just for an upcoming move, but just in general, what, what benefits does going through that process bring to you? I love that question because it brings not only peace of mind, peacefulness in your home. When things are in order, you can relax and you don't have that anxiety. So it gives you a feeling of well-being. And it's also part of self-care. You know, it's our living space. We spend sometimes, you know, more than 60% of our life in our space, in our home. Maybe the rest of it is in your bedroom and your office. You know, it's, <laughs> we spend a great deal of time in our spaces. Sure. And it gives you a, also it's very empowering to know where things are. And at least you're on top of it, it being all your belongings. Where's your stuff? How do you find it? That's the key. You store for retrieval. You don't store to hide it in the closet. <laughs> 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 to get it out of the way when the neighbors no. come by, right? You know, always think, what will I think of when I need to find that thing? That's... So you store for retrieval and it just gives you that 
it gives you more space in your mind for creativity. No matter what business you're in, if you're a finance person, a lawyer, an artist, a homemaker, whatever, we all are creative humans. We're creative beings. If you're in finance, you're creative with numbers. You know, if there's, <laughs> and when your space is in order, it allows you more energy and you feel more positive about yourself and life and more creativity. I'm curious. This I want to kind of wrap up with a question that I ask everybody, which is um, what makes you feel most at home? For me, it's having pictures of friends and family around me. That's kind of most important. That reminds me of good times. Um, having comfortable places to sit. That makes me feel at home. Having good, healthy food in the fridge. And um, my little fur baby, Luna. Oh, <laughs> having her your... next to me for me also it's like having friends and family over to me that makes a house feel like home nicole thanks so much for for joining us today and um, sharing your insights and experience uh, listeners you can learn more about nicole her professional organization and services and her book the art of organizing an artful guide to an organized life um, there's information about that on her website at b-organize.net. Um, I'm also going to include a direct link to where you can purchase that book um, on Amazon. And it's also available anywhere you buy books or they could order it for you as well. So again, I'll have that direct link and more information in the show notes and on our podcast website, homewhereyoubelong.com. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chip. It was great. Okay, listeners, thanks again for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review and tell your friends about us. We want to help you continue experiencing that feeling of being at home wherever you are. So please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and visit our website at homewhereyoubelong.com. Want to join in on discussions, ask questions, or share feedback and ideas? Join our Facebook group, visit us on Instagram, or send an email to chip at homewhereyoubelong.com. We'll see you next time. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.